So what's up, long players? Welcome to the Long Play Listening Party, the show where we go deep on local music, writing, recording, inspiration gear, and whatever else sounds good to us. I'm Howie Howard from Mr. Furious Records. What's up, Nate? What's up? And Roy <laughs> Simon, how you feeling? I'm feeling very good. Excellent. So uh, this is an extremely casual show. We're going to kind of cap uh, what we've been doing here. Wish everybody a happy summer after this show. Uh, we're going to take a little break. Everybody's busy. Everybody's, you know, going places. And uh, we're going to take a little break and see you all in September. But didn't want to leave without kind of telling you what's going on and having a, a little last conversation. We'll see. We may be joined by a special guest uh, later in the show. We'll see. Maybe, maybe not. It's, uh, it's a roll of the dice. And we'll see what happens. Um but just to uh, just to get it started, let's kind of go around and uh, tell everybody what we're. Oh, one more thing before I forget: background music today. I figured I'd throw something on. We're not going to talk about it, uh, but I released a collaborative night mode album. It's called Magnetismicrosis, and it is a pandemic collaboration with Frank N. Pewter. Uh, you may catch the uh, Rocky Horror reference there. Uh, but that's available at mrfuriousrecords.bandcamp.com. I'll link it in the show notes. And it'll be the background music, you know, as we get going here. And, you know, maybe if we talk about something else, we'll, we'll fade that in and uh, and have some, some background music. But anyway, let's go around and uh, tell everybody what we are working on. Nate, do you want to get us started? What are you going to be working on for July and August here? Um, well, I've been doing that monthly release thing. Um, so I'll be trying to get that done for July. Uh, it always seems to come to the last minute. Yeah, you love that deadline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's you know it's it's a learning experience. It's it's fun. Um, the last two that I did I haven't distributed yet because I I'm still not sure what the if the the because I did everything. Uh, usually I send it to Royce to master and I mastered it. Oh, that's <laughs> new. Cool. Uh, myself. So I'm still like, you know, wondering if that's, I don't know, you know, well, we can talk about it at, at some other point. I was going to see if, what you guys' opinion was, if, if it was something that you'd think that would be worth distributing or if I should go to Royce and be like, yo, man. <laughs> <laughs> work your wizardry you know <laughs> uh, so let's make sure we cover this is you're putting out a song a month mm. on your band camp which is astralis.bandcamp.com right uh, it's astrales that's a-s-t-e-r-a-l-e-s uh, dot bandcamp.com that's where everything is um but i am also on you know, most streaming services, everything that I've distributed, which is most of my stuff. So, and back at the end of last year, you kind of set yourself this goal of uh, putting out a song a month. Mm-hmm. And what, you know, what was your thought process behind setting that goal for yourself? Uh, it was just to make myself put out. It was, you know, more geared towards the older stuff that I had, just sitting in folders. Um, either you know it, some some stuff was you know pretty much done i just hadn't you know taken it to to the finish line and um 
and it's worked out to be kind of half and half like half has been older stuff that you know, I intended to to put out with this and then the other half is kind of been stuff that I've covered recently um, you know in like last six months or so and uh, for July I had actually made a track pretty much finished a track in a day in a few hours you know five or six hours um, but it was you know I, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. And then I, I, I there's a, a vocalist that uh, I was looking to uh, work with. And so um, I sent it to her and to see uh, how that's going to go. Um, so I'm excited about that. So I ended up uh, releasing this other track that was pretty much finished with some paraglider. Um, but yeah. Um, and then I'm doing some remixes for... Um, with Approach and I are doing remix for Lesser Pleasures. Uh, I'm, wor I'm still working on my remix for Corey Phillips' new record that came out in May um, that I played on, um, and then uh, for Ghost Mine. Oh, awesome. Can, yeah. can you give us a little Ghost Mind update? I mean, we kind of thought that the, the EP LP would be out by now. Uh, um, what's going on with Eric? I I'm not sure. I just... Uh, you know, briefly, you know, tech, you know, message back and forth about getting the, the, the stuff for the remix. Um, I know he's putting out um, the track She Left, which is the track of remixing, um, July 29th, I think. I'd have okay. to double check. And, uh, I, and I still need to get with him to see if I need to make that, you know, timing uh, sync up. Uh, but... Um, yeah, I have to. I haven't, you know, asked him what was up in a while, but he's been posting some stuff on Instagram. Like he's, he's a really good writer, man. Like, you know, some of the stuff that he's posting is just like, man. <laughs> yeah, um, guy's good, good. Yeah, so for for sure, cool. And yeah, and she's left. She left is is also. I mean, the lyrics of that track are, are great, and the the song itself. Um, that he, you know is is a really good song as well so awesome do you want to talk about uh gigs at all i'm going to turn this around the show around as fast as i can which maybe i'm going to say uh it's the just july 14th you're going to be hearing this by july 19th at the latest uh so do you have gigs you want to talk about yeah um so maria the mexican we're at lemonade park with the mgds this saturday uh and then we have another private gig on Tuesday. Uh, let me think. Uh, I should have had my calendar pulled up, but uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I was in a uh, Journey tribute band for uh, several years, and uh, that hasn't. Uh, it's been a couple of years since we played, and obviously last year was kind of a, um, you know, nothing, nothing happened last year. Um, and I, I don't know how many more gigs we'll play at. This might be, you know, one of the last ones, but it's a, it's at uh, Outlaw Holly Davidson on Saturday, July, is it, it's either the 30th or the 31st. Uh, it's an afternoon deal. Uh, 31st, I think. Yeah. Um, so that'll, that'll be, you know, dirty, cool. man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, Corey is playing, um, Heavy Petty's playing, doing the Samar. Um, man, stuff's just like coming in, just which is great. I mean, you know, 
it's always good, man, to be, to be gigging. Yeah. So, cool. Uh, Maria and Mexican's playing the replay patio. Uh, so is Corey. Um, so yeah, plenty of, plenty of stuff happening. That's all July. Oh, that's just- uh, no, that's in August. Yeah. All okay. that stuff in August. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Royce, uh, what are you working on? Are you, are you trying not to work? Is that the Yeah, I'm, I'm going on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> That's my big thing right now. Um, no, but I've got lyrics to finish for both of you guys. Um, and my own little project I've been writing, I don't know, for five years or so, you know. Uh, I hope to get up to Minnesota and just chill for two weeks and finish some of that stuff. Yeah. I broke out my uh, Roland MC505, so yeah. I'll take it with me and... Uh, make some beats or something with it i haven't done that in a while that'll be fun but i love that little guy man i, I made hundreds of beats with that thing. that's super cool yep that's that's it that's about all that i've got going i mean i've got work you know um i'm mixing a track for a young artist out of uh texas that's where he's from it's like a hip-hop um street you know type of song or whatever and I think that's it that I have to finish up on any type of music work so hopefully I'll get that done by Friday cool so you're non-music then it's all it's uh I know you've got podcast stuff that you do yeah um so this week because I'm gonna be out of town um I've got to get through what would normally be like three and a half weeks worth of work by Friday so that I can <laughs> earn that vacation <laughs> so yeah uh, multiple episodes for multiple different podcasts but it's fun man uh, I'm learning a lot so that's always good cool uh, well I'm I'm nearing a milestone on my next uh, solo record uh, record's called Fight Songs I haven't put out a solo record in uh, four or five six years now i don't remember um but uh this is the album i was working on when the pandemic hit so i was i was getting ready to do bass mm. when the pandemic hit pandemic hit set it aside to do pandemic collaborations which mainly ended up being orbital debris with nate uh that was for, super fun that was super fun and you know we've got we've got volume two started it's kind of it's out there. It will happen someday. No timeline. <laughs> uh, but ideas are out there for Orbital Debris Volume 2. But so uh, bass is done. I've been working on guitars for several months now, I think. Electric, acoustic. I'm almost done with guitars. So I've got I've got one song I haven't touched at all. So that's the primary um, that's the primary thing. And then I've got a few guitar overdubs to do. Uh, and I think I'm going to take a step back, kind of do a rough mix on everything. And uh, I've got lyrics I need to write. About half the lyrics are done, so I'm going to pause kind of uh, once I finish guitars here. But I might finish that by next weekend, so that's cool. Uh, there's always night mode stuff to mix and master, but specifically new stuff. Uh, Royce, you came over the other night and uh, did some vocals for a couple night mode albums. And uh, that was extremely cool. Uh, first time we worked together, had a lot of fun. 
and uh, you really you really kind of brought it. You went deeper, and yeah, I told you uh, you were you were giving me much more than I expected or asked for. <laughs> Not just in terms of that could sound wrong. What I mean was, I was trying to keep my I respect you so much. I was trying to keep my ask very light, right? I was trying to make it easy you to come in <laughs> do something and get out and and not have me hassle you too much uh but you just chose to to go deeper than that and so um that's a lot of fun and we've got uh kind of more to do on that there's two records i made a few years ago now that i just never finished um so royce will be coming back out at some point you know yeah. late summer fall and uh, we'll do that and then the other thing I'm going to... So once I finish these guitars, I think I'm going to switch gears a little bit and work on uh, soldering and guitar effects. So mm. uh, I, I warmed up a little bit. I have a I have a Caroline Meteor reverb that I wanted to do a couple mods on. And uh, I did that uh, the other week. So that was my warm-up. And I've got uh, three projects I want to work on. I've got a a pair of delays I want to build, one for me and one for Drew. That's based on a it's based on a PCB by a company called 1776 Effects. And I really like their stuff. Highly recommend them. And they have a very cool delay called the multiplex, which is a dual delay. Um, and I had this idea of how to uh, so, so the the multiplex has three modes that emulate different vintage um, effects: uh, the the Roland uh, tape echo, an echoplex, and an echo wreck. Um, and I love that. I built one of those a couple years ago. I love it. I love the voicing on it. It's got a very, it's the best voiced digital delay I've ever heard. It, it sounds very tapey. Yeah, the Echo Rec is one of the vintage units that it that it emulates. Okay. Um, but it does. It sounds fantastic, and these modes are interesting, but limiting in a way. And so I came up with this with this idea to like instead of the mode selection switch, make everything toggles. So instead of a like a three position mode switch there's going to be like eight or ten toggle individual toggle switches to let you route these two echoes any way you want to parallel series the feedback can you can have no feedback or they can feed each other back or feed only themselves and so it almost has like infinite not really infinite it probably has exponential modes instead yeah. of three gotcha uh, so I'm gonna build those, and then I'm almost done. I swear. I'm gonna rebuild. No, you're good. <laughs> I'm gonna rebuild the power supply for my um, AX60 synthesizer because it's failing. Mm. So that's Man. just something that needs fixed. Um, unfortunately, there's a very generous guy online whose name I I'll link to it. And just in the off chance anyone has an AX60, this guy. Uh, design, he's on YouTube. He designed a power supply, and the PCB schematic and everything is free. So you can, for a few bucks, I don't know, I, 20 bucks maybe. I had this is the world we live in. Amazing. 
there's a company in China. I don't remember which one I used off the top of my head. I downloaded the plans, sent them to this company. It was 20 or 30 bucks, and I got four or five PCBs, just, you know, just in case I mess one up, right? Um, to rebuild this power supply. Uh, <laughs> so I'll get the I'll get the AX60 breathing again because I really want that. And then I've got a um, a guitar pedal planned out. I haven't breadboarded it yet, but I've got a I've got a plan for a transistor boost that is the starting point was a, a range an old Rangemaster, uh, which is a famous uh, guitar boost distortion almost fuzz effect. Uh, Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath is a famous Rangemaster user. Um, but it's not a clone. Like I, I took that idea of a one transistor boost and tried to make it as flexible as possible. So it will do full range boost. It will do treble boost. You can adjust the bias. You can adjust the uh, input impedance. So ideally, um, and I'll tweak it, you know, before I start building them, but it'll do everything from clean, um, full range boost to dirty treble boost and everything kind of in between. Mm. Um, so I'm going to take a break from recording and work on gear for a while. That long story short. <laughs> <laughs> Do you record uh, your own drums too? On Sometimes. On this particular record, I'm programming the drums with samples. Okay. Uh, just because I didn't have... I mean, it's already taken five or six years, right? I didn't have time to like practice up, get space at the library. I can't play drums in the townhouse here comfortably. Right. Um, so that was kind of a practical choice. I would love to play them. I'm going to augment them with some, you know, I'll do some shakers and tambourine and stuff live to kind of humanize it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But the kick snare toms is, uh, is going to be programmed and sampled. I just looked up the AX60. It sounds pretty cool. It was, uh, they said Akai Zanshu, the 106. Totally. Totally a kind of Juno-ish thing. But it does um, splits, which is cool. Okay. Um, let's see, Does is the 106, remind me, does it have, uh, does it store patches? Uh, I did not see. Access presets, fine. I don't know if that means it actually stores user patches, but. Yeah, I can't remember which Junos do and don't, but this one does 64 patch memory. Um, oh, I actually saw, yeah, misunderstood. And, uh, yeah, sounds, sounds awesome. Uh, okay. The, the filter's not great. Um, it just, Have you used it, it on anything that we've worked on or that I've heard? Um, I did not use it on Orbital Debris. I did use it on the um, the Howie and Scott record, V for Voice. Okay. It's on a couple of those tracks, and I don't remember the track names off the top of my head. But if you've listened to that, you've heard a little bit of it. Okay. That sounds cool, man. I just, uh, I want to check it out sometime. Yeah, for sure. Once I get it re right now, it's very sensitive to the 
the chips won't tune unless the power rails are like dead on. Oh, okay. And they do tend to drift over time, and the power supply is kind of underbuilt. The dude who did the YouTube video and made the PCB goes goes into great detail on this. Um, so, so the chips are actually fine, and they're like those classic Curtis chips, you know, mm-hmm. that are in all the sense of that era. But the when the power supply starts to drift, it won't tune, and since it has like a digital scanning tuner you basically can't play it's it, uh, right now it sounds like very thin digital noise i mean it sounds horrible right now <laughs> not even anything that's like <laughs> you'd want to use like for uh you know what i'm saying <laughs> Just, yeah i actually i did i did record a couple things when it was kind of right on the edge <laughs> um so when, once i get around to finishing and releasing the ax60 record you can hear what it sounds like when it's on the edge nice but it's rough. It's very like crazy robotic, anti-tonal sounding, um, and that only lasts for a few hours or minutes, and then it kind of like won't make hardly any noise at all. Yeah. And it's only—it's a matter of like two tenths of a volt on the power rails, but that's all it takes. Hmm. Um, and that's been—that started to go. It was pre-pandemic, so I've been without it for quite a while, um, and I'm excited to get it back. And I want to use it on some of those fight songs tunes, um, and you know, maybe Orbital Debris. I'm trying to. So far with the Orbital Debris Volume Two, I've stuck to my loose concept of not using any of the same gear I used on one. Right. And ha- having this available will help me stick to that. That's not a firm commitment, but like. No, I get, I get it. I, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, so I just talked a whole bunch. Uh, that was not my plan. Let's talk about. Do you guys want to talk about gear some more? Or do you want to talk about what you're listening to? Um. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll talk about gear for a second. Yeah, yeah. What are you using? <laughs> Man, I just. Uh, yeah, I got my analog rhythm not the not mine but a analog rhythm back uh a couple months ago i said sold the uh, approach uh the mpc live which he's killing uh you know obviously um and he said he just loves being more mobile uh you know since it's got the battery and and uh, i've been kind of maybe didn't realize it at first but just trying to like the NBC was was great and and it sounded great and i made you know cool school stuff with it but um like it seemed like i was kind of always trying to add a little extra or, or fi- you know find some you know sort of drum program that you know would do you know certain crazy things that was just easier to do and that, that would take more time than I wanted to spend like in the NPC itself uh, so it eventually just dawned on me that I used the, the rhythm a lot and um, and there's a reason for it and once I got it back I was like yeah this is why so I you know my plan is never to let it ever go again uh, <laughs> it's just so fun man it's so fun to, to program uh, to perform 
you know, performances just and and the uh, the software they have overage, um, so you can you know uh, multi-track record uh, into your DAW. Um, it just makes it. It's man, that was like that was like, and they didn't have that out uh, last time I had one. So um, you know, it was like getting like a whole other extra you know toy you know on top of how, how does it do that how does it connect like that uh it's got a it's it's the uh it's got a oaks called the over overbridge engine um it's usb to the uh, analog rhythm um and then you can set uh your bit rate uh, which determines how many uh, actual tracks you get to record and i always leave it at 24 bits so i have I think just six, but you can um, set the the you know channels that you want uh, to go to the um, you know extra outs or to the the stereo you know the main, main stereo outs. Um, but yeah, it's just it's man, <laughs> so fun. And I just had to I had to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you've already used it on some of your more recent. Uh, Bandcamp tracks, right? Yeah, man. Um, you know, like, seems like the uh, tracks that I've had, you know, drums that weren't exactly what I wanted, like, just now it's just like, it, it, you know, it's, it's, you can, you can live pro play, which I really don't do a whole lot. I, I usually just program, you know, uh, step sequence, um, everything. And, it, and and so building that and then just with all the various uh, it's called parameter locking so you can basically make you know take the uh, sound and, and take whatever parameter you want like filters resonance um, you know even effects and stuff um, and, and, and just make it happen on one you know one hi-hat hit or oh. um, yeah and then randomization you can set the percentage or um, you can set you know every the second of every four you know four yeah four measures or it's yeah <laughs> how deep is the sequencer or is it just like you create your patterns and put them on different pads or how does that work yeah it's got eight banks of uh 16 patterns okay uh, yeah so and then you can assign a kit per pattern. Um, uh, you can uh, layer samples, and it's the analog, the analog engines. Uh, and it, and like I said, it's just. Can you and you play, play like like basically getting a perform as you're recording a track and getting just the performance from from the drums, you know, muting, unmuting, you can set uh, different um, uh, scenes. So you can completely change sounds uh, per scene uh, performances, which is, you know, it's uh, pressure sensitive. So like it, it will go from, you know, whatever you set on, on any of the parameters and, you know, um, just, it, and you can do and So, you know, you can do all that. And uh, that's, you know, I've taken a couple of tracks and just, you know, program patterns and, and different effects and, and you know, all of a sudden like, okay, this, that song sounds great now. <laughs> <laughs> like the drums are dope. Like it's, 
you know, that's what it needed. It needed, you know, a nice, you know, drum pattern. That's the, you know, and yeah, that thing is, it's really an instrument in your hands. You know, it's more than a drum machine or a set of sounds or something. You right. really, you really perform. I mean, like you're saying, you really perform it and, uh, well, you, you can. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's, there. Obviously, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm not claiming to be any sort of expert at all. Like I'm, complete. I, I would say, you know, maybe not a novice, but, you know, kind of maybe low, mid-range, intermediate, you know, <laughs> uh, in in what in what I can do with it. But, um, you know, that's that's the beauty of it. It's like the, the it, it's something that you want to come in and, and and dive into and it, it it's yeah it's one of those instruments that you just yeah you you want to play and you want to explore and and it's the and you know the the interface is is very um i think conducive to that too it, it's once you kind of understand um you know your your uh key strokes or you know shortcuts and things um it really is um, pretty efficient at when you want to get something. Royce, do you have any uh, acquisitions lately or uh, stuff on your wish list that you're checking out? Um, I do have things on my wish list always, um, but. Nothing. I haven't purchased. That's what my goal this year. I said in December is like I'm not going to purchase any gear that I don't have to in 2021, and just see if I can do it. But um, I've been experimenting with Dolby Atmos and um, its rendering engine, and, and seeing what it would be like to mix, you know, immersive audio or for film or anything like that. Um, and I'm pretty much already there with gear so it's just a matter of getting some time on those sticks and seeing how that goes and understanding how it works so a lot of tutorials you know right and my best friend lately is like studying tutorials on that because it's completely foreign when i I mean just 20 years ago uh when i came out of school doing sound for film or something like that and like everything's different um and that thing is just massive just a lot to learn so that um and then on the other in the other space over here we've just been trying to get to a point where we can kind of do that vision i've been talking about forever where you bring a band in they play and we can get a capture recording that sounds like a studio album and not like just a live show not that that's bad but that's just not the goal you know and then um, stream that live while we're doing it. And uh, we finally got to the point where we're in Pro Tools over there. I've got the same boards that I have over here um, and everything is just like, it's just all comfortable. It's like a glove now, so I can really concentrate on mode and sound. I've got my Wave sound grid up over there. So I've got all the processing that I need in the world uh, to, to kind of do that stuff. So that's, that's those are, couple things i've been working on down here nice so what's the are you ready to test the uh the live streaming thing or what's the next step on that so um 
right now we're doing it with this group called the Broomtails, um, and they're kind of like like folk country kind of band. We've got you know drums, bass, uh, almost like a almost like a jazzy guitar kind of sound. Okay. Real melodic. And then he's got like a rock guitar, acoustic guitar, and three vocalists. And hmm. um, our next rehearsal with them will be in August with all this new gear. So we've done two so far with the gear that we had before. Realized the limitations of it. Uh, I would wish I could say we got rid of it, but it's all just sitting in the corner right now. And um, bought in these new boards. Pro Tools on that setup over there, got it all set up, went through how we want everything to flow. So we'll bring them back in, go through it again, and then hopefully on the fourth time, just capture a live show. Yeah, you should be pretty close at that point then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, man, like I, I, I'm just really, really comfortable with the way things, with the way I've got stuff set up down here. Like I, I don't really ever have to think about the gear you know it's like i can just pay attention to what's going on and bringing that functionality to a live uh setup is very i'm very excited about that man like just come in and in 50 minutes you know you've got an album yeah i, I want to do that all day every day of the week you know what i mean like yeah like anybody so and the space is big we've got a really nice big space you can get a good sound you know so so that's all, that's something that we finally got to got that wrapped up before vacation. Happy about that. That could be a really attractive yeah. option for yeah for groups. Sure. Uh, you know, especially if they're well rehearsed. You know, just yeah, right. Come and in, bang that. it up. Yeah, and now you've got. But I mean, at the same time, you could get all you know the bulk of your performances down, and you could still go back. What you mean, your your multi-tracking recording, right? Yeah. 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 So, so you still have those options. Yeah, for sure. And that's yeah. the whole point, right? So like you can come in, you can uh, record down multi-track, get that mix that we're doing live. That's going to, you know, the stream, which is content that you could then take down and break into per song. So you can send out to people like this is what my my live set looks like, you know, and I want to come to your city. So you have it for, you know, methods of you know, promoting songs or whatever it is that you're trying to do, you're doing it in a short, condensed amount of time, so it's not going to cost you $10 billion to do it, you know what I mean? Um, and and you can also have photos taken there, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you it's just a... When I was out doing shows, that's what I needed, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. you don't have time to go. It's like, yeah, I could do this whole big Hollywood video, but I'm not going to do anything else this year if I do that. You know what I mean? And so, like, being able to have those things into your hands, and, and like you said, if you're performing all the time now, you just stop in, it's just another gig. You know what I mean? You show up, do your set, pack up. You don't even have to wait for files to be delivered. You know what I mean? Like, you walk out the door with your files. You know? So, I, I just think it's it's the way it needs to be now in this digital world, you know? Like, it, it would be nice to come in and record on the SSL and take all the time in the world it takes to set that shit up, but that's just not what everybody's doing. And it doesn't make sense because we don't make the same kind of money they used to make off of those records, you know what I mean? Right. 
So, anyway. yeah, to, to do it that old way, it's, it's really kind of a labor of love, or a you know, you have to you have to really care about that experience and sound or everything to want to do it that way anymore. Yeah, and, and just logistically, you know, yeah. if you've got a band, you've got five or six people, you're lucky to be able to get one day a week to practice before the gig. You know what I mean? Now you want me to practice for a whole nother album or something? You have to set up and practice differently for it. It's just, I don't know. I mean, it could, it could become an impossible thing before you have those big budgets and those studios that are. I mean, there's 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 a, there's places. I mean, there's places for that, and there's there's artists that can can do that. Yeah. But yeah. but but I mean, there's far more that can't. I spent a lot of Sundays cleaning tape machines. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not a reality of, of what most people's lives are like and the expense that goes along with that. Um, like you said, it's a labor of love because you want to do it. It's more like, you know, and not to take away from that, when you have a budget and you can do all that stuff, it's absolutely probably paramount, right? But um, <laughs> most people just don't. You know, yeah, you know, and paying the guy to come in and clean the tape machine on Monday costs money. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's 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 the other. I got that one tightened up, and then uh, my website. That's dope, man. Just that's getting my website dope. to where people can book me through the website, and I can have some of the conversations I have with people over email or text or something, um, I think it's going to be beneficial for just me as a creative in general, right? Like, so now I can work with people all around the world. And it's just like, it'd be really difficult to do now without a method. Like if I'm on Instagram or Facebook trying to talk to somebody about doing music offline somewhere, it's like, yeah, I don't know, you know. You're on Facebook. How official is this? You know. What I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think for musicians, it would be much more difficult to give someone you're not completely comfortable with your files more than your money. You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm not sending you my music, bro. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. So that's that's the other thing on the burner. What's uh, I mean, I know you're not trying to buy stuff, but what's what's like the crazy thing on your list? Like expense, just pie in the sky. You hit the lotto tomorrow. It's January 1, 2022. You got this <laughs> money burning a hole in your pocket. What are you getting? Well, I'm definitely getting uh, the focus right. R1, which would be imagine the center console for my Focusrite Red setup mm -hmm. with a Focusrite uh, 16, uh, I think is what it's called, or the RedNet 16, which would give me another 16 in and outs, both on DB25 connectors, so I can go like right into my patch bay. Okay. Um, and then pick up the Dangerous Music, um, what is it called? But it's essentially like a like a mastering EQ, EQ compressor type deal, um, so that I can run all of my stems out of my 
obsession through uh, this dangerous box and just give it some analog character and sound in a very natural and honest way um, and then record down to you know back into Pro Tools. So yeah. those are definitely the, the things that I would pick up and then what that also allows me to do uh, because now I'll have more ins and outs in a setup like that is to set up for the immersive audio you know like what's the next step going to be what's that going to look like even if they're just tiny tiny well genelec makes um a range of speakers that carry the same color and use dsp to kind of like figure out the problems in your room you know what i mean yeah um Hmm. so that i could so that i could even entertain something like that right Mm -hmm. and uh the technology inside of dolby atmos um works with that in some way don't quote me on (laughs) how that works but that would be those would be the two things that i think um for sure i would do just because i mean that just intrigues me like what can we do with um music in a way that we've never done it before you know what i mean like I remember listening to, I think it was Thriller, and you could hear in the song the footsteps walk across the speakers and just thinking, like, how cool that was. But what if those footsteps walked up behind you in song? You know what I mean? Stuff like that um, would just be really, really interesting. And 7-2, as opposed to, I've only ever mixed in 5-1 whenever doing audio for a film. So it would be nice to just see what that's like and go home and see if it translates you know hmm. uh, two two little mastering questions for you so do you typically get stems versus a stereo file when you master um i usually am the one mastering like i'm usually the one that mixed it okay it's yeah uh, but when i get it from other people it's typically always just the uh two track it would be gotcha. nice to have the stems. Approach usually sends me the stems. He's the only person I know that does that. Mm. He'll, he'll usually send me all the stems and let me have a little free reign. Um, yeah. Because, you know, theoretically, if, it, if it's bounced out right, the whole mix comes right back. So if I don't need the stems, I don't need them, but they're there, you know? Yeah. And so is that how you're thinking when you're mixing stuff that you'll you'll be mastering yourself? Of course, you're doing a full mix and everything, but you're thinking, okay, I'm just going to render this to stems just in case I want to do something in the master. Uh, yes, and also to give to the artist so they, oh. they have the stems. So yeah. if they ever want to master something different later or if they want to recreate something on stage, like I just set up so that I can deliver all that stuff to them in the same process right you can do an instrumental you can do an acapella it's all right there sure that makes sense okay then other question like in a super generic way like what's your typical mastering chain like and do you do you normally do a hybrid do you go out to analog normally or do you do it all in the box right now um i've done some stuff where i've gone out of the box and just using like like my my uh, EQ and uh, converters on this this uh, focus right, just to kind of like soften something up that I feel like is 
it just still feels digital. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but I don't do that a lot just because the difference in output and input on this device specifically is like off by like six dB. And so I've got to give it boost or gain somewhere in order to do that. So I'm usually only doing that if I feel like this just sounds like it was mixed in a computer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I need to change some of that kind of vibe. So I usually do everything inside the box. Um, the way I set it up is in Pro Tools, I'll have the channel that I call the song channel, which is where the audio is playing. Um I'll, I'll put like a limiter on that channel just to make sure that like I know it says it's peaking at you know negative ten or negative twelve or whatever, but I want to make sure because any of that peak is going to um, affect the way my EQs and stuff respond to it, right? So I don't I, I want to make sure I have like a consistent level. Not I don't bring it down to the sound. I do it just. Enough to where I'm like, okay, that's enough over. If it, I can't see anything, I can't really hear anything audibly, but I want to make sure no peaks come through. Um, and that'll be on my sound channel. And then I'll take that and I'll run that into a bus that I call my process bus. And that's where I'll do like an EQ, show stuff. Um, did I lose you? Okay. M- maybe some spatial stuff. Um, you know, and and tighten up some compression or any any anything that I feel like or like kind of like problem things. Sure, anything like the that. song needs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I have a print track that I print to um, after that. You know what I mean? Um, and if I have some things that I just want to do creatively, I'll do it on there. I usually have. Uh, my master, I used, I love the L316. I've used it for 20 years. Maybe that's why I love it. But um, it does what I what I really enjoy without color. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and, and it does give some warmth and some crispness uh, if, if that's what a track needs. And then I go to a print track. Um, and then next to that print track, I usually have a reference track. Um, and then you know, playing from like Spotify or whatever, so I can kind of like A, B back and forth. But the other reason why I like to do that process bus like that is because then I can level match like what I've done coming out of the uh, process bus with what the original mix sounds like. So it's like, I don't get too crazy if I don't want to or something like that or go too far away from, you know, apparently the mix that's in front of me is what the artist is happy with, right? Yeah. I don't want to get too far away from that. I just want to kind of enhance it. And just to keep I like to have that on a button, you know? So that's why I do the process bus like that. For sure. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, I, I've gone back and forth, but I, I haven't had like the mix and what I was trying to master um, for whatever reason. Yeah, man, they, say, they say um, some of the best oral memory is like up to six seconds. You know yeah. What I mean? So, you know, you get three, four seconds into switching to something else. It's not a true reference. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you can level match it and kind of like go back and forth and hear it 
like that for me is like 90% of the work because it tells you what it needs. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I don't like that, you know, or the original mix is a little muddy. I don't want the bass to be gone, but I want it to meld a little bit. So, you know, I turn these knobs and either that did it or it didn't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the only way to know that is to go back to that original track like quickly and hear it and then hear that against a reference track all within five or six seconds. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's why, I mean, it's a lot of, it's a little bit of setting up, especially like if you're doing an album, you know, and you're trying to make sure all the songs across the whole album kind of also work together. You know what I'm saying? Don't sonically take on, you know, I feel like in the seventies, that was like a big thing. Like you'd be listening to this song and then all of a sudden it was like a completely different fucking song. And you're trying to figure out like what's happening. Um, and in two or three minutes, you just can't do that to people. <laughs> That's why the songs are like ten minutes, you know. <laughs> so, but that's 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 how I kind of learned to do it over the years. I have been toying around with the idea of using, and I actually purchased some of the uh, Isotope stuff just to get some of like that data-driven things. Like what what are they saying, and mm. if that even is it relevant? You know what I mean? Like if if I do my own mix and then kind of take like their guide what what our master and kind of take their guide like how close did it get me to what i was thinking you know and all that kind of stuff just to see but i haven't done it yet yeah i think it's always kind of interesting to see what the computer thinks you know or what the algorithm likes or doesn't like how loud it thinks it is or whatever but yeah, those to me that that's just information, right? Like I I might use that to inform my choices, but it's never going to determine what I end up doing. Right, right, right. But it would be nice to. I always think like, I wish I could be in another engineer's head as they're having the thoughts. You know what I mean? Like in order to communicate, you have to kind of formulate your thoughts. But I'd like to be there when the when the lights are flashing, and I yeah. think kind of what's happening with the algorithms and at least if nothing else it gives me a different perspective right like when you're doing stuff you're always trying to find a new way to do what you're doing and it's like what 50 bucks and i got a guy who's gonna tell me every time what he thinks about my mix you know <laughs> <what> I mean? <laughs> so i don't know i figured i'd try that out but that's usually you know that's something you have to do on your own time it's not hey i'm gonna fuck around with isotope on your clock you know <laughs> right like nobody's going for that it's like just do the shit that you know how to do and send it to me <laughs> but yeah i mean the worst that can happen is you learn something right right and and even if i guess the worst thing is you learn that you wasted 50 bucks right for sure yeah <laughs> yeah I've, like you know they've had uh, i have some of the isotope stuff just picked it up you know over you know years and um like most of the time it's just like well i i on a mix it, it'll just kind of like show that it, it it'll cut you know make some cuts like in that that mid like low mid-range area the cut where that mud is it, it does that um so that kind of tells me like i need to work on that but um yeah i i for for whatever reason like i just kind of stopped using that because I, I felt like you know i just need to 
maybe reference more or something and, and, and try to try to figure it out on my own. I, I'm sure, I think that, I think it's valuable, but I, I, I want to, I want it to stay away from having that make the decision for me versus me kind yeah. of just figuring that out. I, I, I hear you. I guess I hadn't thought about it like that. Like for me, you know, I just, not that you should do it, whatever it says, you know, obviously. Right. But, right. But. And, and I just would be interested in hearing, um, constant feedback on a regular basis. You know, it's like, I can send you a track, um, but you know, that's, there, there's a, a human cost to it, right? You got to be in a place that you can listen to it just time-wise, space-wise, or, you know, are you doing it with a, with a million other things? But I just think it's another way to reference it. It's kind of how I looked at it. It's like, okay, well, I'm, I am listening to other people's music. I'm listening to it on headphones. I'm listening to it on my iPhone. I'm doing all the things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, Maybe there's another tool out there that also gives me some feedback on what it is that I'm doing. Um, and I know Pure Mix, man, they have um, a, a community where you can upload your mix and people will give input and, and thoughts on, on your mix and stuff. But it's like, that's weird to me just because i got to be like, hey, I want to upload your song that I just mixed for you to some random website where... You don't know what the controls are or anything like that. So it's got to be probably something that I did on my own or, you know, something of that nature, which. Man, I've thought about doing that. Um, and like Reddit has communities where you can, you know, post and, and, and you know, listen to other tracks, give feedback and get feedback on yours. And I, I you know, that's something I should probably try to do too. Uh, just to get yeah. an outside perspective. Cause you know, I think either both of you guys would be honest, you know, if I was like, hey, you know, what do you think you would, you know, be able to say what's what's good and what's bad. And I would trust you for sure. But you're also, you know, my friends. And so maybe you're not being as, you know, <laughs> <laughs> as harsh as you would be, you know, or not harsh, but as you know. I, don't I, know. I disagree. I think friends don't let friends put out bad records. You know what I mean? That's like, true. Yeah. Yeah, the trust the trust makes the the honest feedback possible. Yeah, for yeah. sure. More, more than you know, a stranger or someone who you don't know so well. We're getting uh, we're getting real close to an hour. Um, this has gone by really fast, so uh, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe, maybe this is something that works. I want I got I want to give one little master. So with the mastering with the like AI EQ and stuff, one little trick I think that's good for anyone out there. So if you're if you're trying to master and your EQ, your AI says, you know, the low mids need a cut or something. My recommendation, if you can, if you're working on your own stuff, don't cut in the stereo master. Go back to your mix. Right, right. Find the instrument that's thick in there yeah. and cut the individual track. Yeah. I think the well, balance, most times you get a better result that way. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and that's... Um, yeah, that's where I kind of wanted to go <laughs> from when I was talking about that. But yeah, exactly right. Like it just tells you like there's something in the mix that you're not addressing um, that makes. Yeah, and and if you're the mastering engineer and the mixing engineer, 
you can reject that mix as many times as you want. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's just the reality of it. And, you know, and, and things, you know, and remember that these are like, these are, these are frequencies, but these frequencies are like keys on a piano. You know what I mean? And not like digital descriptions that are universal, right? So like that would be the thing, especially like with bass and that low mid bass that we're talking about. I mean, it's always going to be in a certain range, right? But just recognize that that might be a B flat and that's what B flats sound like when they're all being played together. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing too. Like it's still music. Don't forget that. It's kind of what I'm saying. Because for years I would I chased frequencies, not really correlating them to the instrument that was playing. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, and 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 you're you're also trying to find the the area where the you want that instrument to to sound in in whatever particular. Because I mean, if you're not going to necessarily cue Rhodes the same same way on every single song, you know, you're gonna. Exactly. What whatever the quality of the roads is for the track, you're gonna want to bring that out and then, you know, work around that. You know, whatever is the main instrument, you, you know, obviously you're working around that. But yeah, yeah, um, I hear what you're saying there. Good advice. Well, uh, fellas, 24 episodes. Uh, never imagined that we'd go this far. <laughs> um, 24. Wow. Okay. Yeah, this is number twenty-four. I don't know exactly. I'm I'm just looking at the file. Uh, Catlin was twenty-three. I guess that was two episodes, so this might be twenty-five. It might be twenty-six. I don't know exactly. Uh, however many, it's twenty odd more than I thought there would be. <laughs> um, so that's cool. And I'm looking I'm looking forward to the break, and I'm looking forward to uh, getting back at it. We've got some very Morning. exciting artists kind of lined up, tentatively lined up for the fall. So. Want to be about about a year? Um, do you do you have in front of you uh, the first episode? That was our that well no that was either Night Mode or Oral Debris. I think it was uh, Oral Debris, Debris was number one, and yeah, I mean it was like September, maybe October, but maybe September. So yeah, we're coming up on a year. Yeah, so yeah, maybe when we come back, it, it that'd be about the year anniversary. We ought to do something cool. We should do that. <laughs> Start off with a celebration. <laughs> That's a good idea. Maybe just line up a bunch of great records in a row. I know we're talking to a bunch of uh, uh, really exciting artists. I'm working up the nerve to to reach a little bit and ask some artists that are, you know, kind of regional maybe or like a little bit. Um, not to, you know, I, you know how much I love Lawrence, but I'm just saying like I, I feel like... Um, I'm excited to stretch, and what's the worst they can say, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got you. Yeah, I'm all about it. Cool. Well, good stuff coming. Uh, I'll, of course, talk to you guys regularly, but uh, uh, thanks for everyone who's been listening. Uh, this has been a blast, and uh, we will see you all again in September. Later, everybody. Thank you.